Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm the senior pastor here. Really glad you're here. Just want to welcome you. Um, we're, we're week three in our series around hearing God, and um, we've, we've been exploring what it means to hear God's voice in a world that pretty much accepts the possibility of hearing God's voice, and yet even as Christians struggle to clearly discern what he's saying. Um, and, from, and from someone who's just exploring to a new believer to the experienced Christian uh, we're learning that God speaks in ways that we often haven't been exposed to. And so we, we have here an opportunity to, uh, to learn the sound of his voice and, and really begin to walk, uh, to walk a little bit closer with God. Remember that hymn, Walk a Little Closer with Thee? Um, that's, that's, what I, that's what I want us to do as, as we start this year off, you know, in 2019 and see what that looks like because that affects everything. That affects our entire life. And, and, and as we do that and we kind of get in this lockstep, one of the things I always share, um, I still remember when, my, uh, when I went to my, my older brother's Marine Corps graduation, and he was top of his class, and we're just like, we're at the, we're at the base in, in Camp Pendleton, and these, these two officers were walking somewhere, because we were there early, and so they were just walking somewhere, and I just remember that they were walking in step, like in just... But they weren't trying to. This wasn't a march. This wasn't a ceremony. They were just walking to the other side of the base, and they were just automatically walking in step. And it's just because it's so ingrained in them, and it's so just natural that they just automatically walk in step. So what, what, what I'm trying to get us to, to do in this series is to actually have a relationship with God and hearing God to where it's not like point by point, instruction by, by instruction, but we're just like walking with him in step to where it's just so natural and just so easy that we get to experience God regularly. And so, you know, we've been talking about how our basis for hearing God comes in our friendship with him and in our abiding in him. I talked a couple weeks ago about how we can make a shift from focus on get, focusing on getting a word from God, which isn't a bad thing, that's a good thing, but shifting from that as our focus to, to having a life with God intimately and discovering a new depth of his voice. Uh, Bo Cristaldo last week talked about resetting ourselves so that we can get in a better position to hear God. And it was a really great message. And so I, I would encourage you, if you missed it last week, to go check it out online. And, um, and as, I, as I mentioned, you know, these are all kind of, uh, all kind of connected. And so um, if, you, if you aren't able to make it one Sunday, you know, check out the sermons online. Um, you know, throughout this series are really going to be uh, taking some, some concrete steps uh, to, to, to walking this out. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was, I was over at my, uh, one of my friend's house, and um, we, I just showed up because I was riding my bike. And, uh, and, and so I was inside the house, and, and, and Beckett, their son, came and was talking to his friend on FaceTime. And it was just, it was just this really weird moment for me because I'm like, man, you know, this kid is like hanging out with his friend over FaceTime. And we were like still doing the whole can and string thing, you know, when I was a kid, right? And you're just like, you were just hoping to like be able to hang out with your friends. Like whether, I mean, you couldn't, you know, the phone was like, you had one phone and like that was it. You can't just, you can't just hang out on the phone, right? You remember that, <laughs> like, right? And so, and especially in LA where you got like, LA has like 12 different area codes. So you like, you really can't. <laughs> Like, he called, like, 10 miles down as long distance. And so, like, the phone wasn't, like, a regular thing. 
And, and so it was just really just fascinating to me. I'm like, man, these kids have so much connection, like, and just that's, that they're growing up with. It's just, and it's so easy. I mean, you can see his friend's face in front of him. And then I remember when, when AOL came out. And, you know, you got that free 750 minutes. <laughs> you remember that? If you don't know what AOL is, um, it was a dark time in the internet <laughs> world. Um, and so I still remember when, like, we, we, we got the internet and, you know, we had our dial-up and, like, I had, like, my 30 minutes that night to be online and, like, went into a chat room. And just there were these places where people all over the world come to this one place and just talk with each other. You're just talking to a stranger. And this was like back when it was safe and cool and like before all the weird stuff, right? And before like things just went insane. But I just remember that feeling, especially as a kid who was an introvert, who only had a few friends, of like feeling connected, you know, talking with another teenager in Australia, you know, just about random stuff and just kind of the connection, you know, that that that, that gave. You know, we have every opportunity for friendship, community, and togetherness in our world today. I mean, it's only gotten exponentially better since, right, technology-wise. You know, but there's a yearning for it, for community. And although there's so much work to do in forming and having community within the body of Christ, the desire is still there. You know, one of the reasons we focus so much on community here is that God's original design, his original purpose, is for us to find our purpose in our life in fellowship with him and in with others. First and foremost, like that was his original design. And yet loneliness today rings in the air as people, including followers of Christ, feel more and more disconnected and alone. I mean, loneliness is, 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 is more relevant today than, than, than I've ever experienced. You know, something that brings up a lot of this loneliness and disconnection is suffering. You know, pain has a unique ability uh, to bring about isolation. We've also, as a culture, especially our younger people, have become less able to cope with difficulty. And when you're not able to cope with that difficulty, it then creates more isolation. You know, social media has often taken the place of divine and human connection. You see, because it provides emotional validation in a way that doesn't bring about sustained peace. You know, when, when I get that like, it, it feels good, right? Or when someone comments on something, like I feel a little bit better about it, right? It's, it's providing an emotional validation, which that's not a good thing. Like we need that. There's a reason why we want it. But often it's taking the place of the validation that comes from actually walking with the very God who made us and our community around us. And look, there's often this talk, and I'll talk about it, about the deficits of technology. And, 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 and a lot of it is true. But technology in itself is not a bad thing. It's, it's just how it's used. Uh, Dan brought up earlier this week during staff meeting, he was just like, you know, talking about technology as a distraction. Like, well, there have always been distractions in the world. This is just like the current distraction, and it's just very effective. And so, you know, 
In the same way, while technology brings so much connection to the world, we still struggle as a whole with deep disconnection and loneliness. Y'all with me so far? So have you ever been in so much pain or so directionless that you scream like, can anybody hear me? Have you ever felt that way? Hoping for a response from the heavens and just none comes? which creates an even deeper separation in your heart. Like you've been in that place where you're like, you're screaming and there's nothing there. And so you feel even more disconnected from God. I know in those times, I play this song. And you're just walking around. I just... Somebody respond to my voice. I want to hear God talk to me, right? And then when it's really bad, I play the Celine Dion version. And that's when you know it's like, it's really, I'm really, really lonely when we go to the Celine Dion version. But loneliness is, I mean, you can take it off. It's okay. (laughs) Scott's feeling really lonely right now, so he just let it play. He just let it play. But loneliness is a real thing, right? And so my hope today is that we learn how to draw so close to God that we're never alone. I want to go beyond intellectual understanding of that and actually experience it. And so, look, there are a few ways that we relate to God. Uh, And I want to go through those and see how we can relate to him in a way uh, where his voice becomes intuitive. So one of those ways we, we relate to God is through um, blind faith. And so when I say blind faith, know that, that, it's, that it's a valid form of relating to God. Um, and, and so when I say blind faith, I'm talking about like this conviction that, that God is real. But it's like that's the main thing is that it's a conviction. And this could be based on past experiences, seeing others, um, others' experience, or even a reasoning that he must be real. And as I said, this is valid, but a faith that is not rooted in current awareness or realization of God in our life presently has a hard time remaining strong. You know, and, and I've had, I had to go through this for a time where it's just there, were, there was so much, like, doubt in my, own, in my own faith, in my own struggle. You know, there was a time I had to use, I had a reason and just, like, really rely on my convictions because I, I was trying to make sense of so many things. And so that, it's, it's a good thing, and it's, and, and it's a good thing to have that conviction, but that can't be our sole um, basis of our relationship with God, or else it can get stale. And I don't, I don't want that for us. You know, even if you've had an experience a while ago, if that's all your faith is based on, it can be understandable, even expected, that loneliness or what feels like separation from God is a constant, you know? Like, if, if, if your only experience is through like reason, which, again, I love reason. It's not a bad thing. But that, if that's our only way of relating to God, it's understandable that it creates a distance for us. And so I want to go beyond conviction and reasoning. Another way that we relate to God uh, comes out in the, like this awareness of him that we've been talking about. Now, some would describe this as an impression, a feeling, a sense of God's presence. And it takes time and experience to recognize this and for that impact to play out in our lives. 
It's this awareness that not only helps us to see that God is real, but gives us insight, clarity, and direction in our lives. It's, it's this awareness that brings like a life to the scriptures, to where you're, when you read it, it's not just this historical book. It's like those stories come to life because you see them in your own life. And so that's another way that we relate to God often. Um, a third, probably the third most popular way is that we relate to God is we see his action here on earth. There have been numerous accounts of God interacting through powerful events. These are the types of events that can't be naturally explained and simply must be something beyond our natural order. Things such as physical healing that go beyond any possible explanation. An accident that the laws of physics demand instant death, but people walk away without a scratch, right? Like, we've seen these events. And like, I've seen that myself. I remember this one time I'm I'm driving, uh, I had to do a turnaround trip, so I had to go to Houston, sign some paperwork, and then drive back. And so, drive there was fine. On my way driving back, this is kind of when I was younger and, and not as safe of a driver, so I'm like driving like 90 in the left lane on I-10, right? And we're fine up until about Sofer, Louisiana, and... I think maybe right before that, and like I dozed off for like half a second. I didn't even, like, I didn't like, like it was half a second. I, so I hit the, you know, the, the things on the side, right, the did, 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 you know, and I woke up, but it was too late. My car spun out of control, going 90 miles an hour. And you know, like the concrete divider on I-10? Yeah, that was there. <laughs> and so, like I spun out, going 90 miles an hour, spinning, and I still did not hit the concrete divider. Like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Physics says something else should have happened there, right? There's also sometimes this this synchronicity where two people in a community have the same exact thoughts or impression or instinct to do or say something. It happens in a way where you're like, oh, man, that has to be God. God is, and that happens all the time. I I remember years ago, I had this weird dream. Interestingly enough, I, I didn't actually think about this. I was in a car, and got into an accident, and there were like all these details around it. And so that was like a Saturday night. That Sunday morning, my friend Jason comes to me, and he's like, hey, man, I had this dream last night that you got into a car accident and died. And I was like, and the details were the exact same details of my dream. And I'm like, I should look into this. (laughs) Right? Like something like, I mean, and there's thousands of stories like that, if not hundreds of thousands both less dramatic and more dramatic. Often these experiences and this interaction with our God is the basis for our life with him. And so, you know, we have these, these three kind of main interactions, our, our blind faith, our kind of awareness of him in our lives, and then like these, when he clearly comes down and, and, and shows up and does something. So where are you? Is, is it one of those? Is it none of them? Is it all of them? More importantly, is this the totality of how God interacts with creation? My answer is no, it's not. There's another way. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. I'm going to need you to get it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once, 
You have you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God wants us to to move from the darkness of loneliness and disconnection into his marvelous light. He says that we are a priesthood. If we are priests, God's representatives on earth, and he's talking about everyone, not like just me or, or, or Dan or Les. No, we are all priests. God's representatives, wouldn't it make sense that he would interact with us in a way that he interacted with those we see in Scripture? I mean, that's, that's not a far jump, is it? Like, it makes sense that we should have some of the same things. Is there a space then for us to have an abiding relationship with God where his presence is not only known and not only felt, it's not only like this booming voice, but it's also just normal. Like we have this normative relationship with God that's just regular. Is that not possible when we consider what he's called us to do? Is it possible that God has called us to be co-workers with him? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 6.1. Paul saying, declaring, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. In other words, we are, in fact, God's co-workers. Like, think about that. You know, as we live out our calling to love people, to love God, to serve, to transform our character, and help others see transformation, we're doing it with God. We're partners. Now, he's a senior partner, but we're partners. If we can approach hearing God from a place of co-laboring with him, we will experience uh, just a new joy. Like, have you ever had that coworker that's just like, you just spend most of your time with? You know? Like, y'all go to lunch every day, you talk about everything with this person, you know? Like I said, well, remember, you know, my business partner, like we, we talked about everything, anything and everything that was going on. I mean, to the point to where, I mean, it's obviously it's not just about work stuff. It's, it's about everything going on in your life to where, like, I know what he's thinking before he even thinks it. Because this guy I'm like, I'm working with every day. What if it could be like that with God? What if our relationship with him revolved around him being just like, like that, that co-worker that we're just sharing everything with. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not just about action or duty or getting stuff done. That's not what I'm saying here. But I want us to see this other way relating to God that puts us in a different kind of relationship where his voice is just much clearer. So, look, there are a few obstacles that I want to talk about that we have in getting to this place of hearing God as we co-labor with him as well as how some of these things can affect our perceived distance from God. You know, one of these uh, obstacles one is this idea that it's all in the Bible. You know, that's something, and I talked a little bit about this the first week. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, people with good hearts and good intents have taken this approach to relating to and hearing to God. And, and, and I want you to hear me. I, I, I honor the reverence for Scripture. But I want to challenge this assumption because while we honor the Bible, it doesn't offer an answer to every question, nor does it offer a step-by-step instruction to every situation. I mean, I've definitely heard that before from people, but I've read it a few times, and I have questions that it just did not answer (laughs) for me. You know? What the Bible does offer are principles that guide us. 
And it's the application of those principles that often get us into trouble. And so I want to see like where we kind of make kind of the, the, where the separation happens between, hey, you know, the, the Bible as like the, the, the authoritative word of God and, and how we actually live that out could often be two different things. You see, um, someone once said that if we would all accept the Bible as the word of God, then all differences between Christians would be resolved. So that's like interesting from like a theoretical point of view, but it's all the differences and disagreements between Christians that they all still use the same Bible to prove why their position is right, right? So it has to go a little bit further than that, right? It has to go a little bit further than just a direct, like word for word, oh, this is what it is, because there's so many other things at play. None of us live in a vacuum. None of us read scripture in a vacuum. We all have our own experiences, our own biases, and so we have to have our own relationship with God to, to, to make sense of what he's saying. My reverence and faith in the Bible aren't at question here. I hope you understand that. But we cannot use our faith and reverence for the Bible solely in place of a personal devotion with God. That, that can't take its place. Not with the one who inspired the very thing we're reading. You know, I want you to, I want you to think about it like when you were in school. You know, the best teachers, they didn't actually tell you the answer. They gave you the principles around a problem, right? They then invited you to figure out how to solve that problem. And then, if you missed it, they will show you how you missed it, which principle you were misapplying, right, to solve that problem. And then on the next time, you understood it and you you were able to get it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Like, does that make sense? Like, it wasn't just a direct, this is the answer to two plus two. It's like, no, y'all remember algebra foil? First, outside, inside, last. Okay, let me apply this principle, and then I can can reapply it. And often we made mistakes, but it wasn't about those mistakes. It was about that interaction. So another one of those obstacles that comes in our anxiety and wanting or even needing to hear something from God. And, and so it's like, you know that place where you're just, you're really at a crossroads and you're like, I really, really need to hear from God. And so in that anxiety, we often can do some, some, some unhelpful things um, because we were like, we're desperate for direction in the situation. And, this, and look, I've done it. Like this anxiety, it leads to trying to force a word from God. And I've definitely done that. I don't know if you have, but it's just like, when you're like really looking for direction, you like try to, find a way. Sometimes we play this thing called Bible roulette. You know what that is? So it's basically, it's this idea where you're just like, all right, I'm going to turn to the scripture, and then that's just what I'm going to do. And like, and often that's kind of like our whole like basis of like reading the Bible. Let's just like flip through and just, all right. Um, and look, don't get me wrong. God can use anything, right? He can, he can make anything happen. It says in Proverbs, you know, we cast lots, but, but it's God who determines where they land. But we can't make like, make like a principle out of that, like make a law out of that. Like we don't want to make that our primary like way of, of interacting. Um, there's like a classic, a classic story of like Bible roulette, like someone uh, opened up scripture and it said, and Judas hanged himself. Like, okay, that's not right. You go to the next scripture. Now go and do the same. And you're like, maybe I shouldn't play this game. <laughs> 
So, um, so we don't want to we don't want to force our conversation with God. Finally, we can't allow circumstance to dictate where God is taking us. See, often we let the way certain things play out be an indication of God's will. And it's, it's, it's a fine line, and it's also a dangerous game with that. Uh, you know, God's desires for the well-being of all people in creation, bottom line. But he's given us this pesky, pesky thing called, called free will, which can be really irritating at times. <laughs> and not everything that happens is something that he wants. He doesn't always stop it. And if you want to know why, we can have a conversation about that later. Just come find me. But evil is never his intent. Think about the way circumstances, perceived signs, have guided our lives. I've definitely gone through those seasons. Now, God often uses these situations to bring us understanding and guidance, but relying on that as opposed to an abiding with him can become really misguided. We end up dismissing or ignoring the human component and miss that we have a part and that our actions play a significant role, as well as the actions of others. And that God is trying to align our actions with his and our desires with his. Y'all, there have been times when I was certain that I heard from God, without a doubt. And things just seemed to fall in place. It was just like, yo, I heard from God, it's happening, it's moving, and then it all fell apart. And when it fell apart, I'm crushed. I'm lonely. I'm doubting everything at that point. Having like an existential crisis, right? Searching for answers. And then in the middle of that, God picks me up off the floor, and we would just move on to the next thing. But, and my faith would grow in the middle of that, but, but, but the relationship and my trust would vary so much based on how well things work themselves out. And there had to come a point where I was like, okay, I have to find a more steady walk <laughs> that's not situational. And so we can't look at our circumstances solely as, oh, well, everything that happens is God's will. And I know there's a lot sometimes that we, we've been taught that, and, and, and I'm challenging that because the things that often happen can be so blowing that it then affects our own distance with God, right? Like if in that moment when everything fell apart, I just felt a certain separation because it's like, hey, I had this promise and it didn't happen. And now I feel like you're far away from me. And, 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 this, is, and this is why when we, when we focus on that abiding, on like that coworker, when things fall apart, we don't actually feel that loneliness. It still hurts, right? It's still crushing. We're still sad. But we're not alone. And we're not doubting his goodness and we're not doubting his love for us. These three things affect the way we interact with God to a point of missing the intimacy that's possible with him. 
They also set up an environment where when we don't have the results or communication that we're looking for, we end up feeling more lonely than ever before. Let's go to that next scripture. The psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. In the heavens, you are there. In the depths, in the worst places I can be in, you are there. If I rise and I'm flying high, you're guiding me. If I've completely missed it and completely jacked things up in my life, you're still guiding me. You're still holding me. And when we are shouting in distress, it's no longer to an empty cavern. When we're desperate for his voice in the midst of pain, his presence overwhelms us and his love sustains us. No longer does desperation and the depths have to create a chasm between us and God, but instead create a closeness like we've never had before. All right, let's look to a few practical tips. Think back to a time in this last year, and, and, it, and it could be now, when you felt the most alone. What circumstances led to this time in your life? And so I want you to actually chart this out and, like, not just go to that place, but think about kind of what shape, what's going on around that. And then number two, this week, identify where God was in the middle of that situation or even kind of where you felt like he was or, or wasn't. Identify where you hoped God would be and ask him to respond to you in the midst of that loneliness. And so you're going to have to take some time for this. You're going to have to set some time aside to actually work through this. It's going to take some effort. Number three, pick one way you can relate to, converse, or just hang out with God this week as you would your favorite coworker. And just expectantly wait, await his presence or look for a way he might be joining you. And so, what, like, what, what is that for you? Like, it almost sounds weird, but, like, what would it be like to have lunch with God? Like, or to have coffee? And you're just sitting there as you would with no agenda, but just hanging out like you would one of the people you just love to spend the most time with. And not just like do that, but actually look for his presence. Look for him showing up. And I think you might be surprised how he shows up. All right, let's stand. So we're just going to take a minute and just, um, we're just going to seek God right now. And just, I want in this time to let whatever is like yearning in your soul wherever you are in life, whether it's a good place or a bad place, there's always something kind of yearning within us. Let whatever that is come out. Whatever you're like 
that you're screaming for on the inside, whatever you're shouting at on the inside, just let that come out. And just think about that psalm. And let's look for him just right here in the middle of that. Holy Spirit, come.